Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. The Comic Web sells all the old time radio programs heard on our podcast, as well as comic books and more. Check out our Superman radio podcast, and we have a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. Go to our website, comicweb.com, for information on how to get them, or type the word Comic Web into iTunes and they'll pop up. This week, our podcast features an episode of The Avenger. The program is a cheap but entertaining shadow ripoff. The episode is called Death in Midair. It first aired September 28, 1945. The Avenger. The road to crime ends in a trap that justice sets. Crime does not pay. Sworn enemy of evil is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected several inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. Most remarkable of these inventions is the highly secret diffusion capsule, which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and Death in Midair. The circus is in town, a small one ring circus of menagerie. Jim and Fern are on the midway. <laughs> you, you miss Fern. Go ahead, try again. Oh, no, my arm's no, tired, go on. Jim. No. I swear those wooden milk bottles move around back there. I can't do it. Well, how about trying something with a larger target, huh? Sir, are you implying that the fault lies with my aim? Oh, of course not. I merely think you'd have less trouble hitting the side of a bomb than a milk bottle. <laughs> I'm insulted. Say, isn't it time for the show in the big tent? Oh, yes, we'd better get going. Oh, Jim, these little one-ring circuses are more fun than the big ones. Uh-huh. Oh, look, cotton candy. Let's get some. Oh, Okay. Uh, two spools, please. Uh, there you are. Oh, thanks. Isn't it pretty? Mm-hmm. Just like a big handful hurry, of clouds. Hurry, hurry, The big show starts in just five minutes. Hitch your tickets right over here for the biggest little circus in the country. Hurry, 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 folks. Get your tickets. Oh, 
seems like we got here just in time, Jim. Oh, there's no hurry, Fern. Unless I miss my guess, that Barker doubles in brass as ringmaster. Look at his costume. Oh, very fetching. Oh, Jim, do you know what we forgot to get? No, what? A balloon. Well, that's easily fixed. There's the balloon man's cart on the other side of the big top. You mean that funny-looking go-kart? Mm-hmm, yeah. Science has recently come to the aid of the balloon vendor. That novel rocket device is filled with gas. All the balloon man has to do is attach the balloon on top of it, turn the valve, and presto. Your balloon is blown up to whatever size you want. Oh, I'll take a big red one. There's the man now. Hurry, he's moving away. Oh, wait a minute. We want some balloons. Yes, two balloons, please. Sorry. Can't sell any balloons till after the show. Oh, why not? They aren't allowed in the big tent during the show. They get loose, get the way of the performers. Oh, well, will you be stationed here after the show? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, excuse me, I gotta wheel this cart around to the exit and help get the animals out for the show. Oh, you double as a trainer, huh? Yeah, sometimes. I'll uh, see you after the show. You better go in now if you want to get a good seat. We'll get the balloons later, friend. All right. Oh, come on, Jim. I don't want to miss the main event. Attention, please. Attention, ladies and gentlemen. We are now about to present the main attraction of our world-famed show. I give you the great Franchotti, sensational artist of the tightrope. This illustrious star of the ozone will perform his thrilling, breathtaking, giant stride on the tightrope and follow it with a complete revolution on the trapeze. Ladies and gentlemen... Introducing the great Franchotti. Oh, Dustin, that tightrope and trapeze must be at least 60 feet from the ground. And there's no safety net either. Oh, I'm afraid to look. Oh, Franchotti knows his business, Fern. Nothing will happen to him. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, quiet, if you please. Franchotti is ready to begin his perilous journey across the tightrope. There he goes. One step. Two. Three. He's balancing himself now for the thrilling, dangerous giant stride. He's set. There he goes. He made it! And now, watch Closely, ladies and gentlemen, watch Franchotti perform the most dangerous and daring stunt ever attempted in midair. He will make a complete revolution on the trapeze and land back on the tightrope. He's ready. Here he goes. He's on the trapeze. He's swinging back and forth. He lets go. He somersaults. He missed the wire. Look out! The 
Oh, thanks for phoning me, Fern. It was an accident, though, wasn't it? Oh, it certainly looked that way to me, but I don't know what Jim thinks. Now, where is Jim? He's in that tent talking to Baldwin. Yeah, who's Baldwin? The manager and ringmaster. They're waiting for you, Inspector. They're coming along, Fern? No, I'll wait here. Okay, this shouldn't take long. Hey, Jim. Oh, come inside, Inspector. Hey, what's on the fire here? Inspector, this is Mr. Baldwin. Uh, yes, I know. How do you do? I've just requested Mr. Baldwin to hold the circus over for a few days, Inspector. And I have refused to do it, Inspector. We're scheduled to open in the car tomorrow, and I don't see why we should have to cancel engagements because of an accident. Well, he's right, Jim. Unless you've got some mighty good reasons, we can't hold this circus up here. Don't you realize they can be sued for breach of contract if they don't fill their engagements? If Franchotti's death was a natural accident, yes. But if there's a reasonable doubt of that... The law is well within its rights. Say, what are you getting at, Brandon? Franchotti's death was accidental. Oh, how can you prove it? Well, well, I was standing right underneath him. I ought to know what happened. He just missed the rope and fell, that's all. I'll admit that's the way it looked. Well, Jim, why all this fuss then? Oh, he's just trying to put the squeeze on us to get some publicity for the police department. Just a minute, Baldwin. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I seem to remember that this is the third accident that's occurred in this circus so far this season. Two other aerialists met their deaths before Franchotti. Is that right, Baldwin? Yes, that's right, Inspector. But, well, we've just had some bad breaks this season, that's all. That's the way it goes in this business. Sometimes we get through a whole season without a single mishap. And well, other times we don't. You know the old superstition about accidents happening in threes. Well, Franchotti was the third. I tell you, he just missed the rope. That's the risk these aerialists take. Well, those previous accidents put a different light on things, Baldwin. Different light? Why? We got clearances in the towns where they happened. And you'll get a clearance here when we're satisfied about Franchotti. You see, Baldwin, in this town, we're inclined to believe that one death may be an accident. Two deaths may be coincidence, but three deaths just may be murder. Murder? You better tell your men the circus is staying here a while, Baldwin. I saw they were beginning to pull up stakes when I came in here. Well, all I can say is if you fellas hold this show up here for more than 48 hours, the Eldorf Circus will be ruined. We'll work as fast as we can. You can depend on that. Well, you're better. Because if you can't back up your statements, Mr. Eldorf is the kind of man who will make you pay through the nose. <laughs> And that's the rope. This is the trapeze Franchotti worked on during his last performance. Thanks, Baldwin. This rope looks perfectly okay, Inspector. Let's see if there are any weak spots on the trapeze. Here, take hold of that end. All right. You got it? All right. Pull. There's nothing wrong with that, Jim. No. I told you, Franchotti just lost his balance and fell. After all, he wasn't such a young man anymore. After those first two accidents, why didn't your aerial office use a net, Baldwin? They refused to. Using a net lowers an artist's prestige and cuts down his chances of hitting the big time. Hey, Jim. Hmm? This rope's been waxed. Oh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, Inspector. Some aerialists wax the ropes to lessen the friction and the stride. Yeah? Hey, Jim, how come you know so much about this circus stuff? <laughs> well, believe it or not, Inspector, I traveled with a circus in Europe one summer. 
Worked my way straight across three countries that way. Doing what? Oh, practically everything. I was beginning to show promise as a trick bicycle rider when I had to leave and go back to school. Well, uh, how does this case shape up to your professional eye? I'm not convinced. Now, don't ask me why. But somehow this whole affair just doesn't look right. Let's take a little more time on it, Inspector. the situation we're in, Mr. Elder. I wired you to come because I know this delay will put your circus in a bad way financially. Yeah, it certainly does, Bolden. If Carver won't grant us another loan, well, the Eldorf Circus is washed up. That's what I was afraid of. Where is Carver? Oh, he's outside having a look around. But he has us sized up as a poor risk. I can tell by his attitude. Mr. Eldorf. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I don't trust Carver. No? Why not, Bolin? Well, if we have to close up, Carver can claim most of the circus as a payment on the loans he's already advanced you, can't he? That's right. Then he stands to gain more by not lending us any more money, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. But I've done business with Carver for years. Surely he oh, wouldn't... Oh, Here he comes. Well, Carver, what do you think? It'd be a shame to close this circus down for want of another small loan, wouldn't it? Well, maybe it would, Mr. Eldorf, but I can't lend you any more money on this outfit. Oh, why not? Because that menagerie is the only thing that's worth the amount I've already advanced you. Now, wait a minute, Carver. Oh, that's not mince words, Eldorf. This one-horse circus is through. The sooner you face it, the better it'll be for all concerned. You might have pulled through this season if it hadn't been for those accidents. The way things stand now, uh, you you're... don't suppose that anyone would be uh, deliberately forcing me into this position to get uh, control of the circuit, uh, do you, Carver? I don't know exactly what you're getting at, Eldorf. Frankly, I don't care. But as far as that loan is concerned, the answer is no. Those other notes are due at the end of the month, and if you don't pay up, I'll foreclose. Good day. Well, how do you like that? Well, it's like I said, Mr. Eldorf. Carver's out to get this circus. Well, I won't let him. I'll fight till the last ditch. Well, what can you do? We have to have money to pay the artists and help every Saturday or they'll quit. Well, there must be some way. Oh, we could sell the menagerie to that jungle circus outfit that keeps offering to buy it. No, Baldwin, the menagerie is what brings in the customers. Without that, we'd be nothing more than a fourth-rate tent show. Well, what's the answer, then? Well, we've still got to the end of the month. We'll hang on. Only you've got to see to it that no more accidents happen. One more, and Carver's got us right where he wants it.
now, back to the Avenger and Death in Midair. Jim, what sort of clues do you expect to find here in the menagerie? Don't tell me you even suspect these animals. No, Fern. I'm merely trying to track down something that could have furnished the motive for those three deaths. Those jungle-bred lines are ferocious-looking beasts, aren't they? Yes, they're dangerous. The cheetahs are cute, though. Say, there's a liger. I didn't know there were any of those in captivity in this country. What's a liger, Jim? Well, it's a very rare animal, friend. Part lion and part tiger. I know there are a few of them in foreign zoos, but I'm certainly surprised to see one in a broken-down circus. They're worth a lot of money. Well, I like the looks of my Scotty better. <laughs> Say, Jim, what's all this I hear about you arranging to have a friend of yours appear on the trapeze for a matinee? Oh, who told you about that? Louis, the balloon vendor. He said Mr. Baldwin told him about it. I never knew you were acquainted with any trapeze artists. Well, Fern, it's a kind of a secret. I wonder if I should trust you with it. I'll never forgive you if you don't. <laughs> well, don't breathe a word of this, but the great Gilberto who will perform this afternoon is none other than yours truly. Jim, no. It's the only way, Fern. We're pressed for time on this case. And so far, we have no solid evidence against anyone. But, Jim, why should you risk your life? Oh, now, don't worry. I won't be taking any risks. I'm going to tell the inspector. He'll put a stop to this. The inspector knows all about it, and he agrees that it's a good idea. Jim, please don't. Something's sure to happen to you. Why, you're a rank amateur at that sort of thing, even if you did play around at it one summer. Your concern is very flattering, but believe me, Fern, I'll be all right. Now, come along. I want you to get a good seat in the grandstand, because this will be the one and only performance of The Great Gilberto. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you our star attraction this afternoon. Introducing one of the greatest aerialists in this country... A great Gilberto. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the great Gilberto will ride his bicycle across the entire length of the tight wire. Oh, Inspector, you should have stopped. I just know something awful is going to happen to him. Now, Fern, Jim knows what he's doing. Look, he's on the bicycle, ready to go. Great Gilberto begins his perilous ride. Watch closely. He's on his way now. A quarter of the way across now. Daring all laws of gravity. He's reached the halfway mark. He, uh, his bicycle is wobbling. Look out below. He's falling. <laughs> Burn, burn, it's all right. Jim's safe. Yes, he look. Why, oh, he's hanging in midair. Yes, he had two wires attached to his safety belt. They'll hold him up until the net is stretched below him, and he'll cut the wires and jump into the oh, net. Why don't they hurry with it? Yeah, it's almost ready. There, you see? Gilberto, get ready to jump. The net is ready. Jim's cutting the wires. There he goes. He made it. <laughs> You 
you're sure that you're all right, Jim? Fit as a fiddle, friend. Now, just where did all this get us, Jim? Inspector, there was nothing wrong with that wire and nothing wrong with the bicycle. Whatever happened up there happened to me. I got dizzy and lost my balance. That was quite apparent. Oh, here comes Baldwin. Look out for fireworks. So it was you, huh, Brandon? Just what were you trying to prove by that fiasco? One thing, and I did prove it, Baldwin. Uh Huh? What was that? You'll find out later. Right now, I want you to take a message to Mr. Eldorf for me. What message? Tell Eldorf he can pull up stakes after this evening's show. You mean the case is solved, Brandon? It will be by that time. (laughs) Mr. Eldorf will be glad to hear that. I'll go tell him. Is that true, Jim? Do you know who's behind all this? Not yet, Inspector. But all I've got to figure out now is why I lost my balance up there. Then I think I'll have the solution to this mystery. How's the balloon business? Oh, uh, not so good. Hey, uh, you on your way to that meeting in the cook tent? Yes, uh, you coming? Yeah, sure thing. Wait a minute. I'll, I'll park this balloon machine inside the big tent. Be with you in a minute. Say, know what this meeting's being held for, Louie? Sure, Mr. Brandon. About half the performers want to leave the show. Yeah, they're fed up with all the bad luck we've been running into. Now, the cook tent's over this way. How about you, Louie? You going to stick? Well, I don't know, Mr. Brandon. And I hate to leave the animals... Well, the fellow's got to look out for the future in this business. Oh, here we are. We have clearance to meetings already begun. From then on, there's no reason to believe we can't meet our schedule and make some money. Now, is everybody satisfied to stick until the end of the month at least to give me a chance to make the proper replacements? I'm not. I'm leaving this outfit tonight. This show won't last the season out, and you know it, Baldwin. Listen, Slim. That's just an ugly rumor somebody started. Fellas, you're suckers if you let them talk you into it. If you wait till the end of the month, you're killed for the season with other ten shows. Slim is right. We'd be better off to oh, quit now. now. Wait, wait a minute. Well, all right, take your time and talk it over. Louie. Uh, yes, sir. Come along with me over to my office and get some paper. Then you can come back here and give everybody a chance to vote by ballot. Okay, Mr. Baldwin. Mr. Brandon. Yes, Baldwin. Would you be kind enough to collect the ballots and deliver them to my office when they're ready? Well, certainly. All right, then. Come on, Louis. Well, where's Louis with them ballots? Does Baldwin expect us to wait here all day? This show's had a jinx on it ever since we started. Listen, what's that? Why, it's the animal. They're on the loose. Let's help round them up. Jim, are all the animals accounted for? Yes, Fern. I heard some shots. What happened? Oh, Louis shot a lion and one of the hippos. How in the world did those animals get loose, Jim? Simple enough. Somebody deliberately opened the cages. Who would do a thing like that? I don't know who did it, but I think I know why it was done. You do? Yes. Someone wanted to make sure the circus wouldn't continue its tour. But who? All the circus people were in the cook tent. Not all, Fern. Baldwin, Louis, and Eldorf, the owner, weren't there. Well, Mr. Carver hasn't left yet. I saw him over near Baldwin's office about an hour ago. Oh, Brandon. Brandon, have you seen Mr. Eldorf around anywhere? No, I haven't, Baldwin. Say, this animal break leaves you in a bad spot, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll say it does. 
Well, he went completely off his head and shot two valuable animals. Yes. Then he took his life in his hands to save that liger. A crazy fool. Eldorf will probably fire him for this. Oh, there's Eldorf going into the office now. Well, I might as well give him the bad news. You'll have to decide what's to be done. Fern, come on over to the midway. I've just hit on something. I think we can close up this case in short order. Jim, now that you've called the inspector and ordered half a dozen men to surround this tent, what are you going to do? Fern, we have a whole hour before the main show begins. And within that hour, the criminal will enter the big tent and encounter the Avenger. noise. There must be something wrong with that machine. Yes, there's something wrong with that machine, Louis. It's an instrument of murder. Turn that gas off. Who's in this tent? The Avenger is here as an invisible witness against you, Louis. The Avenger? Huh. What good is an invisible witness? As good as the evidence he can produce. What evidence? That balloon inflating tank you have there. That is all the state will need to prove your crimes against you. Take the evidence, then. No mere voice can deliver me into the hands of the law. I can escape. You won't get command this time, Avenger. By all means, flee, Louis. The inspector's men await you. show was good tonight. Too bad this is their last performance here. Well, they're anxious to move along, Fern, and catch up with their schedule. Well, the crowd's all cleared out of the tent now. Shall we go? Uh, just a minute, Jim. Uh, a few things I've got to get straightened out here. Well, what's bothering you, Inspector? That gas Louis released in the tent here when he wanted to get rid of an aerialist. If he released it before the performance, why didn't it affect everyone in the tent? Because the gas rose to the top of the tent, displaced the oxygen, and formed a pocket or stratum up there. That caused the aerialist to grow dizzy and fall. But what was Louis's motive, Jim? After all, if the circus closed, he lost his job. Yes, Louis was after that liger in the menagerie. That rare animal is worth more than $50,000. Eldorf picked it up in South America a year ago, but 
had no idea how valuable it was. And when Louis joined the circus at the beginning of the season, he recognized his value? That's right. So Louis began making offers to buy the menagerie through an outfit called the Jungle Circus. He couldn't bid for the Liger alone because that might give away its value. But Mr. Eldorf was sentimental about the menagerie and he wouldn't sell. Yes, and his sentiment will pay big dividends in this case. After all this publicity, that Liger will be worth a dollar a look. Jim, up until the time the animals escaped, you didn't know who the criminal was. What tipped you off that it was Louis? Louis risked his life to get that Liger back in his cage, but he shot the two other most valuable animals needlessly and ruthlessly. That meant one thing. He knew the value of the Liger. But why did he arrange that break? So that he'd have an excuse to shoot some of the animals and strengthen his chances of buying what was left of the menagerie, including the Liger. His motive all the way through was to force the circus out of business. Well, well, that ties it up, Jim. Well, I'll run along to headquarters and file my report. Now, good night to both of you. Good night, Inspector. Jim, there's just one other little thing that I don't understand. Oh, about the balloons, right? Yes. Why wouldn't Louis sell them to people until after they came out of the big tent? Because if those balloons were brought into the tent, they might get loose. And if that happened, they would fly up only as far as the gas pocket or remain suspended there. That would have given the whole scheme away. Satisfied? Perfectly. Oh, come on, Jim. I want to see Mr. Baldwin before he leaves. Baldwin? What for? I've decided to manage the great Gilberto. I want to see if I can get him some bookings. All characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought. A thought. A thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. The Avenger.